and welcome to series three of Any More Tea. We have been trying for about the last 10 minutes to start <laughs> to try to record this episode. Everything has happened that could have possibly happened, uh, including my microphone collapsing just as I was about to press record. Um, I guess you had to be there, but it was quite funny. Um, huge apologies that the last time we posted one of these pods was back in July of 2021 and we're now in February of 2022. But quite a lot has happened. So it's a massive hello from me and a huge hello from Katie. Hello, Katie. How are you? <laughs> Still laughing at you being taken out by your microphone, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. All the such nonsense yeah. things that have happened. Well, it was, was extraordinary. It's like the, like the, what's it called, zone? So what's that zone called? I don't know. Twilight. I don't, twilight. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the Twilight Zone. A bit like since July, I guess. Um, not intentional. It's just that... Um, a shed loads happened. It, it, it has. It has. But we're now we're here. We are about to launch series three of mm-hmm. I can't believe we're in our third series. This I is crazy. We're still talking to each other. It's I amazing. know. <laughs> three three years on. It's quite it's quite a worry. <laughs> still <laughs> all, going. All things being always we're, we're still going. And this is our faith and series. So we are looking at faith and food, faith and sport, faith and life, faith and death. Faith and grief are some really encouraging ones. Faith and mental health. We've got a double header coming up. And we've got some fantastic guests, Katie. Oh, um, mate, who are you who are you most looking forward to? Um uh Chefy Man. Chefy Man, M- Mr. Will Torrent, um, chocolatier extraordinaire, um, up-and-coming celebrity chef as well. He is going to be talking to us about, about faith and chocolate in the main which is two of your favourite subjects. Yeah, there we go. Bingo, bingo. Um, We just need him to start making Prosecco and like literally he's my life. I I would almost guess, I've never not asked him this, but I would almost guess that he has put Prosecco in some of his chocolate. Almost without a shadow of a doubt. And I bet he always puts faith in his chocolate. He always puts faith in it. Funnily enough, he has done a UK tour about faith in chocolate. I'm not, I don't Already. mean like putting my faith into chocolate. No. <laughs> I mean actual, yeah. you know. He, he, I think he prays with his cooking as well. Yeah. I thought you were going to say he prays with his cookies. I thought you were going to take it a bit too far, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit too, a bit too far. Who knows? <laughs> he, he, he might do. But, but yeah, he, he prays. I think he prays with his cooking as well. So he's he, chip cookies. Yeah. So he, he's done a faith and chocolate tour as well. So we're going to be finding out all about that uh, with him and how his faith kind of impacts what he does. He was on The Apprentice, in fact, as well. Oh, in the at the end of series, uh, the lot pre, pre I think might be the last series or the series before that. So, um, other than his football yeah. team, I do like Lord Sugar or whatever he is. Yeah, is yeah. he a Lord now? He is Lord Sugar. Yeah, King yeah. King Sugar. Yeah, and we'll have to forgive Will for his football team as well because he's a Chelsea fan. Ah. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll gloss over that. But we've got two two of the weeks I'm so looking forward to is that we are talking to an amazing friend of mine who's one of my heroes who has gone through extraordinary grief and bereavement over the last um last four years now and he's coming on to share his story which is going to be amazing i'm and, gonna cry you know i'm yeah, gonna cry don't you there, there will be that will definitely be a, a tissues at the ready episode. and i'm an ugly crier so, so listeners, yeah uh, not not as ugly as um, my sister-in-law, Lauren. Um, she is one beautiful, beautiful person until she cries. I've never seen anything so, more scary. Um, oh although sometimes it's quite nice doing something horrible just to go, oh, I feel better about myself. So, so what, um, what is an ugly crier then? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, that's if, you, if you could see you Casey's see face. That. That's fine. Yeah, Listeners, that, that's you're fine. I'm, you're glad that this is a podcast, not a. What's the opposite of pod? TV cast? Uh, no, show. Yeah, I get, guess, yeah. YouTube video, I guess. Oh, about there's ugly cries on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> there's probably some ugly cries out there. Um, <laughs> but then the following week after Washington, which is going to be amazing, we're also going to hit, listen um, to an, or hear from another extraordinary guy called Jeremy, who eight years ago was given a year to live. And See, he's not good at maths. We're going to have to talk to me about his math skills there. Yeah, that's true. As to why he's still alive eight years. Grateful. He's, yeah, absolutely. He has got an extraordinary story and how his faith has impacted uh, his life as well. So, yeah, I'm so looking forward to this series. And there's going to be, um, obviously, there's the person that, that must pray more than all of us, must pray all the time. Are we, thinking about, the this, same, are we thinking about the same person? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think if he does pray all the time. It's not working. Um, yes. I, he, he obviously talks to God a lot, and God obviously redirects him a lot of ways, because we are being interviewing the Watford chaplain. Well, I presume that's who you're talking about. It certainly is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got, we got Clive coming on later. He's been the Watford chaplain for 20 years. So I think he's a man of incredible faith because he keeps praying despite, <laughs> despite the results that he sees around him. He just keeps going. I think we need to pray for him. Yeah, <laughs> I think we probably do. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to talk go about on. faith in ketamine anyway. Faith in ketamine. Not in ketamine. Faith and ketamine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which probably leads on to, so there's a lot of reasons why we haven't released a pod since July. Mm -hmm. A lot's been going on. Katie, what else has been going on in your life? Well, to be fair, um, it's not just pods that I can't release at the moment. Okay. (laughs) Yep. In that, I am backed up. And there's a reason for being backed up. And that is because I am taking a huge amount of vitamins and minerals, including ferrous fumarate which is um, a big iron tablet and the reason for that is because I had a massive operation at the beginning of October um, to reduce the girth Um, now not for vanity reasons at all a little bit maybe Um, a little bit because um, clothes were getting to be expensive um, Mm -hmm. and a little bit because I was getting really bad arthritis in my heel and I was getting um, a high blood pressure and when we're talking about high blood pressure when we used to do it on the NHS website it was in the red like very much in the red up there not you know not even near orange Um, it was sat at those traffic lights for a very long time so um, also I've spoken before quite openly about anxiety and depression and they definitely um, were highlighted by carrying extra weight for me um, so our amazing NHS and a long journey that I've been on with um, some weight loss nurses um, and the whole team um, ended in me having um, a gastric bypass in October and um, yeah it was interesting um, got to the hospital and uh, there was this nurse and I'm like I know her why do I know her? Yeah, she was next pupil. Um, oh my god, brilliant! Because um, all I could think to myself was, I'd done the reading and the research on this, and everybody says take uh, cotton knickers. I know, I know, okay. right? This is the one thing that comes up time and time again. Take your cotton knickers. Take your cotton knickers because if they've got anything else in them, um, you can't wear them. It's like right, okay. Uh, did a bit more reading, and basically, they they 
just say, we're going to take them off anyway. Um, and I'll tell you why you end up having them taken off in a minute. It's interesting. Uh, and so I was all, all I could think was, I can't, I can't be seen naked by an ex-pupil. It's not right. Um, you know, there's the poor girl. She's only just left our school. I don't want to scar her for life. Um, but yeah, so that was bizarre. Um, and the reason for that is I got a bit Christ-like. Uh, I was strapped in a cross shape. Wow. Um, yeah. So what they do is it's a really interesting procedure because when they go in, because they need your other organs to move out of the way, the mm-hmm. best way of doing that is gravity. Um, the best way to get your organs in a mess is gravy. The best way to move them out of the way is gravity. So similar. Um, yeah. And so they strap you into a cross shape and then almost stand you upright. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So everything drops out of the way. So when the surgeon, the surgeon's basically on a chair. Whilst you're asleep, you. I'm assuming at this point. Yes. yes. Um, um, <laughs> she said to me, she lied. She said, this one won't make you fall asleep. This is when the anesthetist was giving me um, some of the good stuff. She said, this one won't make you fall asleep, but it will make you um, feel like you've had a gin and tonic. She said, and then the next one, I, I can't remember. So that's it. And then the next one, she was probably going to say, yeah, turn you into a bloke. I've got no idea because that, I don't know what kind of gin and tonic that woman has. She's strong. <laughs> it was strong stuff. It was strong. Now I, I can drink, but that was that, totally out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they knock you out. You then leave you upright. Um, they go in and they take away most of the stomach. Well, they, they bypass the stomach. They take a, a bypass on your intestines and then they um, jigsaw piece it all back up together. Give it a few staples, Bob's Rumpel and Fanny's Rant. Um, woke up to the words, yep, yeah, we're giving a ketamine and kept thinking to myself, working in a school, I can't have ket. Uh, work with children, nobody, nobody can know this. Um, you know, when you wake up and you're a bit like, I don't really know what's going on. Yep. Um, and I kept looking at this going, am I on drugs? And I think she thought I was like, like I totally lost it because I was like really petrified from a role. Um, and she was like, control drugs. Yes, you're yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, the, and the, then, the local dealer hasn't just come in. It's no, well, less <laughs> gin and tonic dealer. Yeah. Um, and then um, woke up, so I fell back asleep again. Woke up um, with a tube hanging out of me, um, grim, and um, like feet warmers, not not just the socks that you know you you mm-hmm. can use as flight socks afterwards, but this most amazing thing, right? You strap them to your feet. Um, and it blows hot air in and out and in and out. It's the most relaxing thing ever. And it's just to keep your, um, like the blood circulating properly and not forming clots. It's well worth it. Wow. I'd, honestly, I, I could, like big spangly hotels should have them. Yeah. <laughs> so your health to, yeah, and your yeah. comfort. Absolutely. So just to back up a little bit from here. I don't say Obviously- back up. <laughs> All I can think is laxative. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> to yeah, just going back in time a little bit. Okay. Um, so this is massive, in a sense, life-changing surgery. Yeah. And not without risk. No. How long did it take you to come to the decision to have the operation? And what? Where did God for you fit into to all of this? Or maybe, maybe he didn't. Where did your, yeah, how did your relationship with God affect your decision-making on this? Um, because I knew I'd be safe. And mm-hmm. if I've got, for me, it's very simple. Um, he's always got me. I've started to really understand and embrace that. The fact that 
regardless of the decision that I make, he's got me. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it was, um, if it had been my time to go um, during an operation or by not having the operation and not getting better and getting worse and worse, um, he'd have taken me and, and used me in heaven for whatever he needed or you know I'd have been in heaven or this the, again we've talked about heaven before and how it, it's so amazing that it's nothing to be scared of anyway don't get me wrong mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna go and say yeah, yeah if I don't wake up tonight it's not gonna be the end of the world well it won't be but likewise I'm, I've got a life now to live and yeah. I think God's had such an impact on that because um it's is definitely paved a way for me to be in the position that I'm in in my work being comfortable in my job and loving it so much has meant that I've been able to concentrate on myself um, and then concentrating on myself and seeing the health impacts um, or the way I was impacting my health um, has been like a journey. So all the way, absolutely all the way. Um, the last thing I did before I went down to theatre was prayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the woman across from me who was due in the after, that afternoon was probably changing her mind at that point when she could see me. Um, she was thinking, oh, what are they doing here? Why is she praying? Um, and uh, I think um, the decision was made many, many, many years ago in many different ways, okay. many different ways. Um, this was a doctor spoke to me about five years ago, um, seriously about going down this route because I had proven time and time again that if you put me on a diet, um, I I don't do very well with rules. Um, As much as I bark them out at my kids and my students and, you know, my husband, my mother, uh, my father, I could keep going with this list. (laughs) Me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm not very good with them because if I break them, it's a catastrophe. um, And that affects me deeply. So, um, they understood that they realized that they realized that there was a lot of other health things going on. And for the first, I don't know how long I was very much like, I'm not doing it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own until I realized that this is doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is me pulling up my big girl pants and, um, cotton knickers, um, cotton knickers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is me doing this because I'm doing it for me and it's important. Mm-hmm. And I, do you know, what? I want to be able to paddleboard with the kids and if, you know what, I fall off and I can't get any balance, at least I've got on it. Yeah. Um, when I went, we went in the summer, um, I think we'd finished recording when, um, yeah, I think we had. And um, we went to um, Norfolk in the summer and we were on this beautiful river. Well, it was on a canal, actually. Um, and the house that we'd rented had come with a plethora of um, different boats and canoes and kayaks. And uh, I love the amazing. fact you just said was... plethora, where I would always say plethora. Never heard that before. That's a, a, it's a tomato tomato moment. <laughs> plethora, plethora. Love it. You've, you've I'm going to say plethora. I'm going to say plethora from here. Well, on it's because I say I say um, I say COVID as well, don't I? You do. Yeah. And everybody says it's COVID, COVID and I'm like, yeah. it's COVID. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, although now it's <laughs> we're, just, we're all we're all wrong. It's, now it's just wrong. the woo flu COVID. after having yeah. it for the second time. Um, yeah, it's the it's the woo flu. Yeah. So, it's another um, reason we're late recording as well. Yeah. Sorry about that. I got the woo flu again. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, we were on this river. The kids were having great fun. And there was a sail, like a little boat, like a tub boat, if you like, yep. um, big enough for maybe three or four people to get in. And it was um, chained up onto the side. And I went to get in it and I capsized it. And it was that. It was yep. if I ever needed more affirmation, 
it was that moment that went, nah, that's embarrassing for you. That's embarrassing for your kids. That's, um, you know, every other people now have got to work at cleaning up your mess because you can't get back in there and do it. Um, and it was that. I was so, like, but that, yeah. so that was decision moment, was it? It was the, yeah. that was the moment. It, of it like, wasn't I've decision moment. It was up until that point. I, I'd already been, they'd already said we were waiting for a date. Um, I'd done everything the doctors wanted me to do. And obviously I've got sleep apnea as well. So right. um, all of those things sort of build up into a package, if you like, of yep. things that the doctors are looking for to help ease the strain on the NHS. Absolutely. Um, and, but it was at that point where I knew that I could still back out. I just went, no, I know. And, and it's not, I've heard a few times you've taken the easy route. Yeah, de- definitely taken the easy <laughs> route. Uh, with ketamine, yeah, 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 clear. Um, that bit was cheap. Um, but you know, I had to do a three-week liver reduction diet beforehand. I think if you remember, yeah, um, it was like the milk, uh, where one day you could only have milk, the next day you could only have eight hundred calories. The day after that, it was um, yogurts and milk. I mean, it was a hard, grueling three weeks. Um, so that wasn't easy. And I wake up in the morning now. I've got um, the size of a, an egg. My stomach's the size of an egg. Um, and the amount of tablets that I take in the morning negate me having a first breakfast, not first breakfast, but something to eat. <laughs> first breakfast, second yeah. breakfast. You can see how this happened. <laughs> um, fourth breakfast. Um, but, breakfast um, number four. <laughs> it's like bingo. Yeah. Um, and I, can't, I, I physically can't because um, it's full of tablets. Mm. And there's, I've got so many rules. Um, okay, the rules. Um, but they're actual medical ones. So you can't drink half an hour before you eat right because you don't want anything liquid in your stomach pouch so you have to wait half an hour after you've finished drink drinking to then eat you have to take about half an hour to 45 minutes to eat a small very small portion because you chew to chew for more than 30 chews then i have to set a timer for a minute to make sure there's a minute in between each mouthful so that and then at the end of finishing I have to wait another half an hour before I can um have um another drink and so is that for life for life and so how do you I can't I I still can't quite get over the fact that you just said in that that some people had said to you you're taking the easy option when they then hear that how don't say it to my face it's funny that isn't it yeah yeah no (laughs) absolutely no one ever does um how has that now affected you psychologically? Because I guess in a sense, you, the doctor, the doctors I'm assuming went through all that with you beforehand. This is what your life is going to be like post this op. Yeah. Where, where are you now kind of in that mental space with all of that, everything that's gone on? It's a bit weird. I'll be honest. Um, I'm glad that um, I'm glad and lucky that I've got faith and I've got friends that believe um, in faith too. And my school is faith school. So I've got, you know, I've got that nice safety net around me that that I think if you're a person of faith, you're praying. Um, and I know people pray for me, which is epic. Um it has been difficult. Um, I've heard I've seen I've seen people react very differently. I've seen a few people sort of um sort of give me the eye as if to say, Oh, she thinks think she's better than us now and it's not that at all um the negativity is interesting um okay. and comes um it, it's gonna happen and i was warned about th- it. We, you're better than other people because i'm not because... the same 
because I'm not, I'm not, I think, I think I'm right in this. When I was much bigger, I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody thought me, thought of me as a threat. Now, whether that's to them personally, them Mm -hmm. romantically, them academically, professionally, I I don't know. Um, But I think people start like putting up. Viewing you differently. Very differently. Um, You know, my best friends of all, you lot are all. You've all got it. You've all just been mm. like, oh, it's, it's still gob on legs there. It doesn't matter what size the legs are. <laughs> yeah. Gob's still there. Yeah. Um, there wasn't like, a vocal bypass. I would never have gone yeah. for it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so that's that's been tricky. Um, but the the pouring of love um, from the people that I've you know surrounded myself with has definitely got me into a, a, a good place psychologically. Mm. Um, it still is difficult because um, I'm not taking on many calories at all. And I'm, you know, I've lost just over six stone, which is a huge amount since October. Absolutely. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, if you, you know, you think I'm a big person still and to have very few calories going in, I'm, st- I'm burning them off because I'm bigger. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm tired a lot, a lot more yeah. than, than mm. I thought I would be. Um, and I wasn't actually diagnosed with the sleep apnea um, at this weight. It, I was about three stone heavier, um, mm-hmm. but I've still got the sleep apnea. So it's um, okay. interesting. Are they so, saying yeah. that that will go in time? They believe so. Yeah. So um, what happens is it's the weight for some people. It's the weight of your tongue. Um, now, I've always had a weighty tongue because it's exercised a lot <laughs> because I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know whether it will go or it won't yeah. go, but um, yeah, we'll see. I, do you know what? It's a journey, isn't it? And I know yeah. that um, people are walking it with me in different ways. And I know that I'm protected and I know that I'm loved. Yeah. Well, Katie, you, you know, you know, we all think you're incredible, but to, to make that, that decision, you know, is, is yeah. huge and, you know, massively well done. Thank and, you, mate. You know, keep, keep going. Cause it's, you know, it once has kind of got no choice now, have you? I guess no, no, no. Um, um, yeah. and it's quite funny well, because um, the first thing that people say to you and um, is welcome to the losers bench. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so good of them, which is true. Um, yeah. I, but then I was a loser before, and I'm a loser now. <laughs> Double loser, loser squared. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of where I've been, and it's taken up a lot of the time, and um. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. Um, but I kind of want to touch on where you've been as well because you've had um, I think as you know, I think of it a mental image of stealth at Thorpe Park comes like you know, <laughs> there have been some ups, but there's it's been a bit of a crazy time for you. Um, yeah, we've had a we've had a bit of a bit of a crazy one. I guess I could start with my own well, my own dietary issues. And it's interesting we're doing faith and food in the whole um episode in a few weeks time because they they pale. To, to yours but they also been i've also kind of been through something life-changing as well so yeah yeah so two weeks ago i was uh, um what's the word diagnosed uh with having celiac disease which was um at the end of a a sense a year-long journey because this time last year i went to the doctors with kind of ibs type symptoms and because of uh covid and all the small uh, outpatient things being shut down for so long i didn't get seen in the end till november of 2021 and um then having had all the, the tests and biopsies taken and, and everything else. Yeah. I'm, I am never allowed to eat gluten again. Nope. Throughout, throughout my life. And so, yeah. So some, initially some of the joy disappeared <laughs> in a minute from my life. Biscuits went, bread went, um, yeah. Pasta went, 
and beer went. And uh, yeah, I was thinking, my goodness, yeah, there's there's not a lot not a lot worth eating for anymore. But since then, I have discovered that gluten free pasta tastes the same as normal pasta, so that's a joy. Um, gluten free old speckled hen is better than old speckled hen with gluten in it. So that mm-hmm. that's also been a joy. Um, but I would have to say that they do make you pay for it in a big way because supermarket owned stuff compared to branded gluten-free stuff is it is not in the same department i'm afraid oh really that's yeah. interesting because we were you having know, a conversation we... about speckled ham before weren't we yeah we were about yeah. the fact that um it's the same price regardless of whether it's gluten-free or free of gluten yeah so they're both they're both free. they're both free <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it works in the beer world um but the rest of it so um a a let's just say a um a loaf of gluten-free supermarket-owned bread is about a third of the size, first of all, of a normal loaf, which you can imagine because there's not that many people eating gluten-free bread. Um, it's triple the price, and you get it to within about four centimeters of your mouth, and you get the aroma of it, and you're just like, oh, I can't, I can't go this. It's got a really odd, like vinegary Ooh. aroma. It's yeah, it's it's not particularly pleasant. But then the branded bread is a lot better but then you're paying four times the price for that oh goodness um, yeah so uh yeah so my wife keeps saying that you know my diet's just going to bankrupt us (laughs) just like just like that so um yeah that was that was thing one and then we as a family got hit by sudden tragic death Hmm. and sudden grief which is something what, sorry when you're saying on. sudden i just i just want to make the impact here yeah this was totally out of the blue completely unexpected totally totally horrifically yeah. tell a story it's, yeah it's so a hard one. so my extraordinary wonderful amazing mother-in-law which is three adjectives i would have used for her in her in her life because she's a you know an extraordinary woman um 67 years old in perfect health just and had had a very nice day and just as she's getting towards the end of the day starts to complain about a headache and which turns into a quite severe headache and later that that day she doesn't she loses consciousness and never regained it and died in hospital four days later um and when we're talking about so this is a lady who hardly drank who always walked more than 10,000 steps a day, um, had a very healthy diet, um, had done in the last, well, in her entire life. So she had been in 1979 or 1980. I can't remember what as early years, um, early, <laughs> early years of my life. Uh, so 79 <laughs> or 80, she was, she was nurse of the year mm. um, and got the award at the Royal Albert Hall in a you know really prestigious event was then became a health visitor after that. And it was extraordinary working to some really tough parts of Northeast London around Loughton and Debden and those sorts of sorts of areas. Beyond that, she, um, when her and my father-in-law took early retirement in 2002, she then worked for the charity Samaritan's Purse um, for the next 20 years. Um, she, I think they shipped well in excess of 20,000 shoeboxes. It might be many, many more than that. It was tens of thousands of shoeboxes full of toys for um, 
AIDS orphans and children in, um, in the developing world. And they did disaster response work in Haiti, the Philippines, in, you know, doing some extraordinary things. And you're left with this thing of why is a lady at 67 with, who had given so much, with so much of life still to live? Um, I mean, regardless taken of from us. those things, having known her, she was just epic anyway. Yeah. Just lovely and caring. Um, yeah. And and why? Why? Why was she taken? She was, she had a, uh, was it a brain hemorrhage? She did have brain hemorrhage, yeah, brain aneurysm. Yeah. Just, it. I just remember getting the text from Emma, or I can't, or was it you? I just, you know, when you feel hollow and like, what? Like that whole, eh? Um, like the last person you expect. And I think I was thinking about Emma today because we were talking about um, grief um, journaling. Mm-hmm. So maybe journaling through your grief and it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts to know that a friend is going through this because it, it really has um, had a massive impact on her. Yeah, I mean, I and think you and, yeah. you know, and, and um, Emma's dad, yeah. you know, he's a, mean, shadow, a yeah. shadow of the bloke that he was, bless him. Yeah. I mean, it's always that, you know, with your, I'm that slightly tiny step removed yeah. in a way than from the, from the, imme- from the immediate family. I mean, I, I, I lost my own mum, mum 20 years ago. Um, and the difference there is I had the, you know, there and having dealt with it, obviously in my, in my um, uh, life's vocation, dealing with a lot of, of people who've grieved in, in all sorts. And there isn't a good way. There is, you know, grief is a horrible thing. You know, losing someone, we like, even when you, you know for sure where they're going, um, it's a horrible, horrible process. And there is a good way, but there is something about sudden grief when the shock is added in. Um, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a nasty thing. And to, and to journey through with someone, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. And I don't think we should, you know, should sugarcoat it in any other way. It's, it's a really, really difficult, really horrible, really painful painful time and you know for people with faith and people without faith it, it it's still it's yeah, cruel still painful. and it's raw yeah. and it's um oppressive and it's there and it's you wake up and you re- you remember because our brains do that don't they yeah um and that's a just wait that though you know those those few seconds those few seconds that are beautiful when you wake yeah. up yeah um because that's kind of maybe what heaven's like those few seconds where nothing's wrong in the world everything's great yeah and then that whammo to your stomach to your heart to your head just uh, i mean how are you as a family um getting through it i think we're we're totally just just taking it day by day at the moment i think that's all you that's all you can do um and it's you know it's a really really tough 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 place to be and you know, as someone who who takes funeral services and who often says at them, you know, um, especially when there's a large number of people at a funeral, often say, look, for you, for the vast majority of us, tomorrow morning, life is kind of going to return to normal. Mm. But for the immediate family, it, it doesn't. And for the, the people closest to, to the person who's died, it, it really doesn't. Um, and so the only way is to go through it and the only way is, is to journey it and to, and to, to stick together and to, um, to hug as much as you, you, you possibly can. And I, I, I know that even in helping Emma through that, I, I haven't given her en- enough hugs at times. So I haven't, you know, kind of realized that he, even for me, kind of life will, will, you know, there's that, that, that sense of normality 
and it and it's it's not normal for them and it it it, it there will become you know this horrible phrase the last two years there'll be a new normal new normal new mm. normal but again that's a way off yet um and you know and that new normal will always have a hole in it and it will always be tinged with that sadness but the, the faith huge huge part of faith for me is that we know that it's not the end and that is really true and there will be another day when we'll see her again and we will be reunited with her in heaven and i you know i believe that at the bottom of my heart at the bottom of being and i know emma does too but i think that the humanity side of it is that does not take away of the pain now mm-hmm. you know me just desperate for the back and it, it's a journey and we'll be um we'll be tackling it um hugely later on through this series because it's a it's a massive subject and i think the thing i would just say at this point is i would and i'd say you know it's the parents out there listening to this and those in the you know as we know we have the those your teens and 20s listening to this as well um you know it's to realize we're not immortal and to talk about death more because we don't we don't talk about it until we have to we did to deal with it and i remember being a youth worker um again uh, over 20 years ago now um, and this amazing girl, Danny, in my youth group, she was, um, uh, she'd been through my youth group and she'd gone off to university. She came back and she qualified as a teacher. And at her first half term holiday, um, as a teacher, she um, literally walked out of her front door and was um, about to go shopping with her mum. And she had a brain aneurysm in the driveway and never made it to the car. And And that was it. And I remember that hitting me like a um you know an absolute train and just you know none of us none of us know how many days we've got on this earth on this planet and we people say you know live live each day as if it were your last and i think there is so much truth in that because you know we just don't know what's ahead um and none of us are immortal and i certainly remember thinking back in my teens and 20s i thought i was immortal you know, I'm, I've never said it, but you kind of think, oh, you know, these things happen to other people. Yeah. Um, but at some point, thing, life happens to all of us. Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, it's how we get through that. I think that's why we get, we take less risks as we get older, don't we? Or we're more yeah. calculated Dated in the things ones. that we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's actually not far off a year since um, our amazing Julia passed away. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that it's been a year without her. And um, I always say to my husband, Aaron, um, she's the brightest star in the sky for me. Whenever we walk outside, um, yep. she's there. And I know she's um, in a, an amazing place. And I know she will be uh, safe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the word is, but loved and safe and looked after yeah, and, yeah. and whatnot. But it's still what I wouldn't give. Uh, I, I flick through my phone and um, I'll look at the last WhatsApps and yeah. I'll look at um, when she messaged me from um facebook and oh, it's just i don't know it just yeah. um it is it's that weird thing grief isn't it it's um, it is. it's personal and it's yours yeah um and you've got to deal with it and I, um, I do i do think there's real help in you know a number of people say it and i do think it's real truth in in stopping at times and going you know this this really hurts and then thinking about those people and thinking how would they want us to live as a result because i think uh, an old boss of mine used to say grieve well and i think that's a really great phrase in that grief is a process and a journey and we should do it well and we should cry a lot and we yeah. should um you know and we should you know hug a lot and we should what has amazed me about 
both my wife and my father and all the mate did and and the rest and um Emma's sisters is how amazingly they're talking about their mum which I think is a huge part of grieving well yeah. and talking about the stories and the memories and I think that's so important and then whenever that point when I've said the word then whatever then comes and I think it's totally different time for everybody in every grief situation when your then happens which is that point of okay now how am I going to live as a result and how would that person want me to live because they're in a great place and they don't want us to be staying in a place of upset and grief forever um and it's then how do we how do we move forward but that then point you know comes a you know yeah all sorts of it's with that um it's with the book on parenting and living and um you know all those manuals how to you know do a relationship all those manuals that we weren't given when we popped out at at womb yeah um (laughs) you know could have done with that Uh, yeah no Uh, absolutely blooming journeys yeah. Um, I was just thinking that you were saying about what would that person, <laughs> what would that person's advice be? Julie, give me a slap around the chops and say, go and get some um, laxatives and get yourself laxatives. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So it's the first thing she'd say. Yeah, yeah. Don't be so stupid. Get yourself some laxatives, get it sorted. We started with backed up. <laughs> we're still backing up. Going back full circle. So um, what, Katie, just as we come to the close of, of this one, what's brought you most joy? since the summer or what's been the, the your funniest moment oh gosh joy wise um there's lots you I mean you shared one inadvertently I think with me um like at the before we started recording um I record this in my son's room um not because I like the smell of him because it's <laughs> horrific um but because um it's the best place for the audio in the house yeah. um and as he walked in he told me about his report and um, he's been working really, really hard. And it's knowing that um, he comes home and does it off his own back and manages himself. And things like that have brought me joy. Um, Mr. Sumner is um, fasting. I've never heard of this nonsense. Um, <laughs> but he's, uh, you know, he's shedding the pounds and it's bringing him joy. He went and played football for the first time in two years the other night, moaned about it like a div stick. But for the following three days, we were bored absolutely bored of hearing about how good he was at football and how much he was hurting but listeners you game... might just be wondering why katie paused <laughs> then mid, but um it was like uh, the glory of god suddenly just <laughs> there was a mighty blinding flash in katie aj room. put the light on <laughs> some put the lights on it was quite like whoa <laughs> i tried to really gloss work. over it, it but i didn't do podcast but <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't but... insert like feature here please yes, but like just feature. fill yeah. <laughs> um so little things like that you know um mum getting up to see um her great-grandson and seeing archie and just those things and it's yeah. that isn't it it is that when you are feeling down in the dumps because I did, I had the Rona again, the Wu flu. Um, I have not at this time. It really knocked my mental health. I felt really, really low, um, and I thought to myself, "Crikey, if I feel this way, what are the kids who haven't got um, the ability to adult yet and and be able to think things through in that um, and think about consequences? Um, how are they reacting with it?" And I was like, really got myself into a bit of a doldrum, but. Um, yeah, you've got to think about the positives, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And just focus, focusing on those bits of joy, isn't it? You know, which... Uh, who's, who's joy? So I'm telling important. Emma. <laughs> you don't you focus on joy. 
focus on Emma. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Out yeah. yourself on, on yes. actual podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something to get me into trouble then, because I'm not going to say what I was about Please don't. to say. Because no, I, yeah. You've done that before, I, and then you've said I, it, and yes. then you've got in big trouble. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I have engaged brain, and I'm... <laughs> Yeah, oh, gluten free is enough. Wife free would be horrific for you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. So, it, thank you for listening. I can't believe we've got round to um, episode one of series three. I hope you've enjoyed it. I say we've faith got and some... rambling. The faith, faith and rambling. Yeah, faith, <laughs> that's what we'll call <laughs> so, it. Yeah. <laughs> we have got some fantastic, I say, guests coming up over the next uh, few weeks. So listen out for those. Um, but until then, it is goodbye from me. And it's definitely peace from me. So for more details about St. Mary Magdalene Church, you can check out www.stmarymagdalene.co.uk or follow us on Facebook at St. Mary Magdalene Littleton UK. That's at St. Mary Magdalene Littleton UK.